Welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm talking with Joe Rare about how he runs multiple businesses. Joe Rare is a serial entrepreneur, marketing strategist, business coach, and venue owner and partner. To this date, he owns four digital companies, a wedding venue, an association for event venues, and invests in real estate. His first business was a door-to-door product sales company that grew from two to 40 employees in 19 months. Then he sold it after 27 months. His passion for sales never dimmed, but he discovered what his life's work would be, building digital businesses. The road was never easy for him. The first digital agency he built and the succeeding ones didn't make it. But he was then able to successfully win the race of having multiple seven-figure-a-year businesses. Since then, his businesses have been generating a continuous and substantial flow of income, and he focuses on helping small to medium-sized businesses around the world while working from the comfort of his home in Montana and enjoying the presence of his wife and two girls. All of his companies are fully being run by his virtual assistants. Level 9 Virtual is a virtual assistant agency that has hired and placed over 2,000 VAs and has completed well over 50,000 projects across a variety of niches. This is the mother company that provides VAs who run all of his other businesses. Also, L9V is the top VA provider and official partner to a community of over 7,000 plus entrepreneurs and agency owners. The wedding booking system has become the number one marketing and sales system in the wedding venue industry. The company has helped more than 270 venues in 11 countries book more weddings while making more profit. Engaged.app is an incredible all-in-one marketing automation software and mobile app that combines a multitude of software platforms, communication channels, and pulls it all into one place while streamlining small business marketing and operations. He also has Campground Digital, which is brand new. And it's a digital marketing company focused on serving campgrounds and RV parks. He's also an owner and partner and is in charge of the marketing activities at the Forest House Lodge, which is a wedding venue located in Northern California. He's also the co-owner of the Venue Association, which is the world's only association for venue owned that is focused on teaching, sharing, and growing venue businesses. He is also an investor and looks to find projects that he can use his marketing leverage to impact growth and profitability. Welcome, Joe. (laughs) Thank you. That was very long. (laughs) I think I need a drink now. (laughs) I know. I was going to say, I I, I think I need to message my VA and say, hey, uh, we need to to shrink that a little bit. That's that's awfully deep. (laughs) I was like, what are we going to talk about now? (laughs) I I, I don't know. I think we're done. (laughs) That was fast. Now then. So how did you get started on this whole journey of entrepreneurship? You know, to to be honest, it's pretty simple. I, you know, when I, gosh, I had to have been 18, I think, and I read the book or 17, I read the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that really set the stage, you know, I'm not going to work for somebody else and make them wealthy. And I, I, I realized the rat race that my parents even lived in you know, never enough money, paycheck to paycheck, you know, the security, the future of their lives and the livelihood of of us, even as children, you know, was really dependent on their employer. And I'm, you know, to me, I'm just like, wow, like you have no control. If you can't control your income, you can't control your future. And I realized that I just didn't want that. And so I was very interested in entrepreneurship and building businesses in the way that you create wealth 
through business and, you know, and then in, into real estate investing and all those things. So the way that I got started was really, I, I read that book. It immediately clicked at a level that it's hard to even explain, I guess, for a 17 year old kid to, to really understand, but it really struck a nerve with me. And I think because we, you know, I suffered through the other side of it, you know, at watching my parents struggle. And so I said that it just never be me. So yeah, it didn't take long for me to, to get interested in starting businesses. And I've been doing it ever since. So it was the, I was going to ask what was the first one you did, but I guess it didn't really do too well, but that's okay. What was the first one that well, you did? Actually, my first business was actually successful. The door to door one, right? That was, yeah, that's the good old, you know, it's funny. I laugh about it all the time, but the truth is that it was the one that set the foundation for everything else. So I could not have ever imagined that I needed to be good at sales in order to grow companies. And then when I got stuck selling door to door, literally walking into a business saying, Hey, I have a widget. Would you like to buy it? Having the nerve to do that a hundred times a day really was kind of outside my comfort zone. And, but anyway, I figured it out. I got pretty good at it. I built a team of people to do it with me. I opened, you know, a couple offices. I sold the company, not for a gigantic profit, but enough to, to get me to the next thing. So that one was successful, but that was the first thing that I did was door-to-door sales. You would have learned so much. It it was incredible. It honestly, like I said, it was the foundation. It was understanding, you know, overcoming objections, like just building instant rapport with somebody. The one thing that I will say is that it's a bit different now because all of the, you know, all of the communication we're having, you know, now is so much more virtual than it, you know, was then like, I literally was face to face with people. So it was, I I feel like that's an easier sale. I actually joke with my team and I say like, it would actually be easier to talk to people face to face and close deals. Right. But you know, we (laughs) we do it over, we do it over zoom or over a phone or, you know, even just through the website. So, but yeah, the lessons were extraordinary and they still carry with me even today. I did some door to door sales over in Ohio during the recession over there. Yeah, there was a part where it didn't even have electricity. And the guys are like, hey, you should go sell them because <laughs> I grew up with oh, electricity. Awesome. So. Yeah. <laughs> so you are doing the wedding venues and did it pick up or stay consistent? Like, how did it do during the whole COVID thing? It shifted. So it's kind of interesting. It depends where you were in the country. Obviously, some states were much more open than others, even though, you know, for the most part, most states closed and did some lockdowns. Some opened up, some, you know, depending on what county you were, you got access to easier, you know, to, to run, you know, events and so forth. So I guess I would say it, it shifted sideways or diagonal. I don't know, but it was, uh, you know, some venues went straight lockdown. So we shifted to doing virtual tours. And so you do a FaceTime video and you would still have to book weddings. Because the interesting thing about the wedding industry is that you don't get a recurring income from it. Right. So as a venue, <laughs> you sell it once and then that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, that, you know, that's great for me as a marketing and sales, you know, consultant, but it's not good for, you know, it's, it's a tough business. And so you sell every day forever. Otherwise you go out of business. So the choice wasn't, well, do we stop and just wait for this to come back around or no, we have to pivot. We have to figure out a new way to still generate income. And so it became a lot of uh, virtual tours. Then they just started kind of saying, well, forget it. Like just show up with a mask on or, you know, and it just, like I said, it kind of just shifted diagonally, I guess. When you started your VA company, did you basically start it because you needed the VAs? 
I started it because I kept getting asked how I was finding my VAs. So mm. in November of 2008, I had, you know, I'd previously sold my door-to-door sales business. I got into real estate, did really well. I was kind of this, you know, kind of mid twenties hotshot who had a bunch of real estate in, in his portfolio. We were doing a lot of fix and flips. And then, you know, obviously 2008 wasn't great and uh, the market crashed and I basically lost everything. So all of the wealth I'd created, all of the properties that we'd accumulated, everything fell apart. And, you know, we were doing a lot more of the fix and flip type investments, which didn't hold well when the market's crashing. And so I went basically to zero. And so I went from having a real estate portfolio of over $4 million to having nothing. And that's when I figured out like internet-based businesses and and all that. And I read the four-hour work week and I sat down and I said, well, this is a cool model. I like this. I can do this. And so I got my first VA in November of 2008. And I've had one working with me personally or within a business every single day since that day. So there's not been a single day in 13 years that I haven't had, you know, I haven't had a a VA working with me every single day. So then of course, everybody's asking me, well, like, where are you getting your help? Like, how do you do that? How do you hire one? How do you find one? And I would just tell people. And one of my ops manager, who's been with me forever, she says, you do know that you're just throwing money away, right? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but I don't know if I really want to build the business out of this. And she goes, look, if you will build it, I'll run it. And I'm like, all right. So we did that and, and then it skyrocketed. That's fun. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it was more because I was just being dumb and I was handing out the secret rather than selling the secret, you know? <laughs> and you listened to your ops yeah, manager. That's and right. She- and she had the courage to say. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's luckily I've surrounded myself with an, a phenomenal group of people. Yeah. You know, I say surround myself digitally, you know, in Slack, we're surrounded by each other, but you know, they're on the other side of the world, but they believe in what I'm doing. They believe in what my plan is and what I'm trying to accomplish. And they support it by not being afraid to communicate and, you know, help in every area that we need it so that we can accomplish what we're setting out to do. So you must have a pretty good work culture then. We do. It's amazing. So how do you go about getting there? Or how did you get there? I listen to the needs that of the people that I don't even understand. You know, I'm not Filipino and all of my VAs are in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So I don't pretend to know the answer to give them what they need. I actually ask them. And then we provide it. Mm-hmm. And so some of the things being like, well, we need this extra support. Well, that extra support costs money. And so for me to put that in place, we need to figure out how to create an ROI out of it. So then I ask, how do we do this so that financially it actually makes sense? And then I allow them and I empower them to come up with solutions. And as they come up with solutions that make sense, then we go ahead and we, we implement that, like, that empowerment by making them part of the growth and making them part of the, the build has been awesome because they've created the processes. They've created the internal community and structure. And every time I turn around, there's something new and something exciting that they're sharing with people you know, in, in the organization that I didn't even know existed. You know, and they're just doing a great job because they're listening to their peers and, you know, all the other team members that, that have a need. 
Okay. So if you have a need, how do we accommodate it? And then on top of that, you know, we, we do all kinds of things. We give away t-shirts so that they get, you know, swag from us. They have, you know, they all get paid time off. They get vacation leave. They, you know, they get medical and, you know, stuff. I mean, we're just, we're looking at ways. I mean, right now, one of our big things is I'm looking at how can we create a retirement plan for virtual assistants? There's mm-hmm. nobody doing that. And I thought, well, okay, this is interesting. What if we had a, an, an opportunity to help them, you know, live in a career and, and have a career, but then also have a, a small investment on the side that goes towards retirement? Yeah, what our parents used to have. Yeah, for you our know, grandparents. Things, yeah, yeah, exactly, right. Uh, I, and now, because I mean, the truth is that yeah, like our generation, it's our responsibility to invest for our future. Yeah. Well, yeah. we don't stay very long at a job though either, right? Sure. Like our parents and grandparents were pretty much lifers at the company. That's right. Yeah. Well, and, and because you could, you know, I, I think that companies even today, they're expecting the turnover. So they, a, a lot of times they're not looking for the multi-decade employees. I think that's why I'm so attracted to entrepreneurship, right? Like it doesn't matter what the company's doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. And yeah. I'm in complete control at all times. So you have a few digital marketing companies, correct? Yeah, a couple. Yep. What's your favorite niche that you're in? <laughs> My favorite niche is the is the VAs. You know, we started the uh, we started Campground Digital, and it's kind of we're just now really getting it going. It was kind of just a project that I. I found a need, uh, you know, COVID was running strong and we were living in Northern California. So California was locked down and, uh, you know, my family was just getting stir crazy. And we said, well, let's just get in our travel trailer and, and go. And so we did, and we just traveled around. We went through, you know, a few, di- five, six different States and just check things out and thought we'd just see what we want to see. And as we were going, we'd be looking up, you know, trying to find a a place to stay. Where are we going to, you know, hey, tomorrow night, we're going to end up there. Let's figure out a place to stay. And we just noticed that campgrounds had horrible marketing and we couldn't figure (laughs) out if it was a good fit for our kids to stay at a campground. Like we ended up at one of them in in Montana, which is, you know, where we actually now just bought a house. But we, you know, we're looking in Montana and, and we end up at this campground. We find out when we get there that the kids can't ride bikes. And I'm like, wait, what? Right. How fun is that? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, so we stayed one night after we prepaid for three and just canceled and left and went somewhere else. And it was just such a bad experience. So after a couple, you know, things where we just couldn't figure it out, I said, you know, there's an opportunity here. So I I drew out a little sketch for my VAs and said, Hey, we need to create a landing page. I want to start talking to some of these campground owners and see if we can drum up some business. So the next thing you know, we have a, you know, a company that's doing 30, 40 grand a month. (laughs) And um, we don't really have a business for it, but I said, all right, so what are we going to do? Are we actually going to build this? Or are we going to, you know, just kind of service these people until they, they end. And so we decided to actually build it into a company. So it was just a, yeah, it was a need. And I decided we should fill it. And I think COVID kind of helped with that because more people are getting out, let's say like having those, that travel time that they may not have had before, took before. Correct. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's definitely, you know, kind of shown the world a little bit more where there's some gaps and yeah, it's just, it, I think it's bringing, I, th- I think COVID actually brought out a lot of opportunity. If people were looking in the right place and they were actually paying attention, there was a massive amount of opportunity that was created due to the fact that there were so many lockdowns and people really figured out I don't know if they figured it out, but they got to see firsthand that their job isn't safe. Mm-hmm. You know, that that income isn't safe. And so if they had a business that 
you know, they could have pivoted, you know, even in, you know, the virtual assistant company, which is the biggest of, of the companies I run, you know, right when COVID hit, a lot of our clients, their clients canceled services. So of course our clients began to cancel service. And mm-hmm. it wasn't so much that our clients didn't need what we were doing. They just didn't need it in the way that we offered it previously. So what we did is we created a new offer and we pivoted a little bit and then the company exploded during 2020. And they, I mean, we grew 10 X in that year. I love how, even though like you're a virtual assistant company, you still needed to pivot. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you're still serving, we're in client services. So we're serving, Mm -hmm. you know, other people who are having the same struggle that everybody else, you know what I mean? So, you know, just by nature, we're serving the people that are having problems. And so we needed to figure out a way to serve them better. Did the people at that company, do they work, most of them work from home before or did you have an office? You no, know, we've always been home-based. So all of our VAs work from home. And so it's great because they get to be at home to see their kids every day and they don't have to worry. I mean, I don't know if you know much about the Philippines, but commuting to work is pretty intense. So if you take like LA traffic and you multiply it by a hundred, that's what it is. So that's, they could, yeah. yeah, they could end up traveling three hours each direction just to go and to it, work, which is only 10 miles away. And then is it the travel like super expensive or pricey too? I, I think it is. Yeah. But I mean, even it's public transportation is, is so impacted that they, they could just be sitting for hours waiting to get, you know, get, get in transition. So it, it's pretty crazy. So we do the whole work from home thing. It's a lot easier, you know, and then it's, you know, again, that we can guarantee that we can provide service because we don't have to wait for somebody to get to an office. Yeah. Their commute's pretty short. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Those eight feet is, you know, that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough commute. What's the best advice that you've ever been given? The best advice, honestly, was, so I owned an agency where I had a whole bunch of people sitting in an office that was local. And I don't know how I ended up. This is all through the middle of the the digital business world. And then somehow I found a need to open an office and put a bunch of local employees in it. And so I had this office that was full of employees. We had a really fancy office space with really expensive rent, glass doors, glass walls. It was, you know, super fancy because that was supposed to impress somebody. Nobody ever came to the office. It was completely wasted. And a piece of advice that I got from a good friend of mine was if all of your clients were to call you on a Sunday when you're hanging out with your kids, who would you answer the phone for? And I said, that is really bizarre. And I said, actually, only one of my clients. And he goes, that's your, that's the niche you should be serving. And I'm like, that is super interesting. And really the moral is like, if you don't like who you're doing business with, you should probably choose somebody else to be doing business with. And so the niche that I, that's actually how I went all in on the wedding industry. And you know, it happened. It was kind of probably cheating, but the guy who I said I would answer the phone for, I had one client in the wedding industry and it was one of my best friends. However, this best friend cost, it took me four years to close him as a client. (laughs) He said no for four straight years. And, but I'd been around his business for over a decade. I seen everything I'd heard thing. I watched the ups and downs. I watched as they almost lost the business. I'd been around all of it. And so when I had the opportunity to work with them, it was, I knew everything that needed to be done to create success for him. And we got such good results. It was so easy to work with him for me because I understood the business. 
And so, but everybody else, I knew that, you know, if he was calling me, it would be something positive. It wouldn't be something negative. Hmm. And I, I realized that, you know, for the most part in client services, clients call you because there's an issue. Right. And so I just know that it was a little different there. And I think that was my, my kind of cheating moment, but it did help me solidify and say, yeah, I could talk with a venue owner every day, all day, because I know the business inside and out. I know what they're going through. I know what they're feeling and I can actually help them. But if you're serving everybody in your business, you can't really, you can't know everybody's pains and struggles. And so I think niching down is super important. And what's fun is you can actually write all of your email campaigns and stuff to your best friend. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. He's my avatar. So that was pretty easy. That's right. And another lesson, no doesn't mean no forever, right? Yes, 100%. I know. It's so funny. I'm like, what took you so long? <laughs> and, it, you know, and it's funny because it's timing. It's, it's just hitting the right timing. What's the best advice that you've ever given? Replace yourself. Like, so, so I guess an easier way to explain it is to reverse engineer what you want out of your business. So when I closed down my agency where I had all the human beings working in an office, which was absolutely terrible, I didn't even like it. I didn't like what I was doing every day. I didn't like the fact that I had an office space. I didn't like the stress of the overhead and all of those things. And I realized like, man, this isn't me. Like, remember I'm the VA guy. I've had a VA since 2008 how is it that I have people sitting in an office and I have to buy hardware and, you know, computers and all this stuff. And I realized like I wasn't building my business around my lifestyle. I, I built a business to build a business and that wasn't the way to do it. So I actually closed it down and I fired 27 people in a day, which is not fun. I was um, going to say. Yeah, it's definitely not fun. However, it gave me back the life that I wanted. So I said, all right, I'm going to do it right this time. I'm going to do it so that I have freedom. And that's what I was after. So I always tell people, look, like if you're building a business, make sure you know why you're building it. If you're just building a business because you want to build a business, that's fine. But make sure that you know that, you know, in five years, where do you actually want to be? And you need to reverse engineer the entire processes of that business so that you can have the life that you want. You know, I've got two daughters and the, the best things, like I take them to school every single day. Now it's summer, but I don't. But every single day, I get to pick them up every single day. I'm at home every single day with them, no matter what. They can walk into, if I'm working in my office space, they can walk in at any time and they know that dad's always here. So I want them to have that when they look back on their life and say, well, my dad was home every day, every single day. And that was what I wanted. So I reverse engineered the, the process and the build. And I built a business based on what I wanted my life to be. Okay. So dad's home every day, but I'm going to say like, do you, can you drop at the hat to go play with them whenever they want? Or Absolutely. do you like, all right, you know what? Like I, I have this time I'm going to work, but then I can have all day, all the rest of the time to be with you. So I always worked half days because mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to pick up my kids and be home. Some days, you know, some, sometimes things come up, but for the most part, 95% of my company is run by VAs. So the other 5% is like financial stuff. It's investment planning. It's all of that kind of stuff. It's the future growth of the company. I do that part of it. But even the sales portion of it, I actually passed off and I no longer do sales. And so I genuinely, mm -hmm. I was joking this past weekend actually. And I said, well, it's so interesting. We're in the middle of a transition. We're moving to Montana from Northern California. And in the middle of this transition, it, I, I was joking because I said, I gave up sales because I knew that it wasn't a good time for me to be involved in that because I'm going to be moving. And I literally don't have anything to do. And I'm like, 
I'm like, <laughs> like, this is even worse than it was before. I was the guy who had more free time than anybody. And now I'm going, wow, now this is like obnoxious. Like I, I don't have any sales calls. I don't have any client calls. I like everybody's got everything handled. Now I'm like, well, now um, you need a I hobby. Guess I just like <laughs> look for the next investment. Yeah, I look for the next investment. That's gonna say, are you building? Are you buying land in Montana? Because then maybe you can have some of that outside recreational aspect. We do. We got yeah. We got some acreage. We're right at the base of a mountain range, so I can be you know I can be standing in a, a river at the base of the Gallatin Mountain Range in four minutes from my front door. There you go. Yeah, you have lots so of stuff to play in. We have tons. <laughs> yeah, just gotta finish up the the moving process, which is never fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks for being here with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing with me and all my random questions as my mind goes all over. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. This is uh, this is the stuff I love to do now. So, is there anything that you'd like to share with us that I haven't asked yet? I, you know, what I would say: take control of your financial life, because as you do, and I mean, I, I love the the old saying like money doesn't buy happiness, and it's true. However, it does provide resources to eliminate the things that don't make you happy. And so I really believe that if you can take control of your financial life, whether it be by building a business, whether it be partnering in something, then figure out a way to create leverage so that you have time. Because at the end of the day, having money is one thing, but having money and time is a completely different world. And those resources, when you have time and you have the availability to sit and actually contemplate things, life, business opportunities, investment opportunities, how to spend, save, invest money, whatever that might be within your company, and you're not stressed out on all of the other responsibilities, you can make much better decisions and you can actually create better velocity with your cash. And so I know that's kind of like way beyond anything that we spoke about today, but it creates so much more opportunity when you actually have time. And so, you know, a lot of people think of time as just the ability to, well, I just want to be able to, you know, spend time with my family and, and do those things. Every single day, I spend at least an hour to a few hours doing nothing, meaning sitting and contemplating things, investments, how to move cash in our business, how to save on taxes, how to hire somebody on one side of the company so that it benefits a completely different area of the company, all of these things. And, and when you have time and, and space to actually contemplate, you find so many more opportunities and then it allows you to have more velocity with your cash flow. So that's what I would say is make sure you, you take control of your income so that you can then take control of your time. I like that. And I also realized that I forgot to ask you what you're doing to get your clients, get new, like get in front of your ideal customers, like what you're doing. Yeah. To get yeah. visible. So here's the funny thing is like, I don't really care how we get in front of clients. I care that we're number one, I care that we're doing it, but the mechanism to do it, I don't care what it is. We'll do whatever it takes. I have been completely against cold calling and using the phones for years. However, right now, because even, you know, email marketing is inundated, text message marketing is inundated, Facebook messenger, LinkedIn, spam central guess what? The phones are actually working right now. And so what we've done is we've switched a little bit. We're doing, we have ISAs that do cold calling. We follow up using email, 
social media outreach. And we're doing a combination of all of it to set appointments for our sales team. So it's kind of a multi-layered approach, social media outreach, cold email, cold calling. And then we set appointments for a closer. So basically never say never. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't care what the mechanism is. What I care is that we're trying everything. And so let's find out what works. And right now there's just a shift. Everybody's been home. Everybody's kind of jumped on the same bandwagon of the same outreach, the same type of strategy. Everybody's copying each other like never before. And so I'm going, well, if everybody's going that direction, I'm going to turn around and go the other way and I'm mm -hmm. going to do the opposite. And so we're just doing a few things different. That's it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> Where can people find out more about you yeah, <laughs> and so what, it, what you it, do? Yeah. So two places are super easy. You can go to JoeRare.com or you can go to level9virtual.com. So level9virtual.com. That's usually the easiest place to get a hold of me or somebody from my team. JoeRare.com is awesome too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. You too. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review. And I'll catch you on the next episode.